full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 to the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. to They win the World Series four games to one. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe it? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. I am the host of Rit, and with me, I got I got the crew. I got my man, DC. I got Anthony on what the up? Cape. What's going on, guys? And, well, we have an Oreos aficionado. He's going to give us some inside information and the outlook for the Baltimore Orioles, Mr. Josh Lynn. So let's start with you, Josh. How's it going? Doing well. How about y'all? Uh, doing pretty good. So uh, good, would man. you like to sit there and uh, tell everybody tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, so I've done uh, a little bit of blogging in my past, currently taking a break. I was formerly with uh, Birds Watcher, which was the Orioles fan-sided affiliate, in addition to Utah Street Report, which is another Orioles fan site. Uh, kind of just lurking on Twitter right now, but uh, still as invested in the Orioles as I ever have been. Man, and now's a really good time to be invested in them. Uh, they they fought, everything looks like it's finally paid off. You know, all their young talent is is actually making their way to the majors. So, uh, DC, what's been going on since last episode? Not much, man. Uh, I'm actually dude. Dealing with a little bit of a six right now, so if my voice sounds like crap, I apologize. Um, just spending time with my wife and the baby on my days off and just enjoying the WBC about to start, or that did start today, but uh, I'm excited for USA tonight. Yeah. Hey, we all know what you're lacking in voice right now. That's why we have our man Anthony on the cape. The man with the voice, <laughs> the man who made the right choice. Anthony, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, guys? Um, yeah, no, um, I'm excited. Uh, you know, I watched I was mostly watching the Bruins today. I'm not going to lie, but uh, I was flipping over watching Chris Sale as much as possible. Unfortunately, both games started at the same time. But no, I was just I was just ecstatic to see. I thought Chris Sale looked phenomenal so far. He's got uh, what, f- uh, five inning, uh, five innings, five shutout innings. Um, you know, obviously no runs, 0.60 whip, I think. And he's got like seven Ks, something like that. Um, he looks really good. Yeah, he, he, he's looking fantastic. And well, let's, uh, let's start the conversation right there, Anthony. Chris Sale and the Boston Red Sox rotation health. So he pitched today. He pitched three scoreless innings, five Ks. He had one hit, no walks, 
the last pitch on that struck out before he got taken out, he hit 95 miles per hour. Uh, he was, he was t- talking to the people afterwards. Uh, man, he, he's excited. He's been working on that changeup, the third pitch uh, since February. And he was going on saying how if, if he can throw strikes with his third pitch, because a lot of pit- pitchers have three pitches, but the thir- if the third pitch they can't have control and they can't hit the strike zone, the batter is not even worried about it. So Chris Sales might like he's like concentrated on this changeup, so he could throw his, uh, the strikes. Then he has the third pitch to go along with his devastating slider he has. So uh, what are you thinking there, Anthony? Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, it's what makes uh, the difference between you know, levels of, of pitchers. Uh, so, you know, Chris sale, the reason why he's an ACE and one of the best pitchers really of all time. Um, I know, uh, last year he had like maybe the highest strikeout per nine. Um, he has, he has some great, great numbers over the course of his career. It's because he has three pitches and, and three quality pitches. And if he's coming into the year, um, with three effective pitches, um, that that's going to be a great thing. But just the overall health, I mean, we got some information that that Whitlock's going to throw. I think Wednesday. I'm not yeah, positive Wednesday. on that. Was it Wednesday? Okay. Yep. So we got some good news with Whitlock. Yep. It's just a recovery situation anyway, right? So it's not like there was any new injury. He's still recovering from from the hip from last year. Um, Bayo, I think, is right behind him. So you know, forget about Paxton. That's just a a bonus anyway, but like when we're looking at what Chris Sale's doing, um, Kluber looks pretty good. I thought Pavetta looked pretty decent. We got Hauk, we got Whitlock coming, we got Bayo coming, and a lot of the other young guys like Mata and, and Walter. I would say the overall health of the rotation actually looks pretty good. Uh, definitely. Uh, Bayo, he, he's throwing off the mound. So, like you said, he, he's right behind uh, Whitlock ready uh, to get right in there. And I kind of like how we don't need to worry about having, you know, Hurry and Whitlock because of how well these younger guys, Winkowski, uh, Mata, uh, Walter, how they're looking in spring training. We don't, there's no hurry to sit there and push Whitlock, you know, let him come back a little bit at a time at, at his pace because, man, these young guys can easily fill in. Uh, Paxton, I don't expect Paxton to be back till at least maybe May. So, uh, DC, what are your thoughts on sale and the rotation health? Yeah, I mean, I hate to keep saying this, but he makes great points. Um, I agree with Anthony. The overall health is just exciting to see. Um, the smile on his face and the velocity and the command is there. Uh, if he's going to have those three pitches going in the beginning of the season, that's huge for us. I think this is personally the best I've seen him since he's gotten to Tommy John. Um, I mean, he was near perfect today. His command's there. And as far as the rotation uh, depth, um, yeah, Whitlock, he, uh, he's going to miss maybe one or two starts, in my opinion. Bayo, maybe end of April, beginning of May. Um, he threw live BP. Um, his game's next. is He's going to be pitching a game next, hopefully next week. I mean, even Paxton, like they said, uh, that's just a bonus. He'll probably be late May, like I think. I mean, like you were saying. But overall, we have the young guys as well. I think Winkowski and Crawford, if they go that route, could hold over, you know, hold the fort down for two starts if they decide to go that route. But, um, man, I'm excited. It's 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 been a while since I've been uh, pretty stoked about young young arms in our system, and uh, to have the ability to come up and spot start. And I I just think we're in a really good place for as far as that, as far as depth, and you know, as far as that goes. Not to be redundant with this far there. Sorry about that. 
No, that's the key, right? It's, 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 we have a health. So, you know, as of right now, we have a healthy Chris sale and we have a lot of talented young pitchers, um, which is, is something we can't really say we've had for a few, for a while. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. uh, To keep the, to keep this on uh, starting pitching, let's, let's head over here and ask Josh. So Baltimore Orioles, we play you guys opening day. Uh, Anthony is chomping at the bit. He's got to know who's going to be the opening day pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles. So if I had to put money on it, I would say Kyle Gibson. Um, he's the, I think the highest price free agent they signed this year, one year, $10 million. Uh, so I think he'll get the start. Um, I would imagine Cole Irvin, who we traded from for from Oakland will be behind him. And number three will be, a little bit intriguing. I'm not sure. There's a bunch of guys buying for the rest of the rotation spots. You got Bradish, Kramer, Grayson Rodriguez, Spencer Watkins, Austin Voth. So it's um, don't forget about Wells, right? Yeah, Tyler Wells. He, who he pitched really, really good well last against, year against us. Yeah, and he pitched well against the Phillies the other day. He had I think eight strikeouts in four innings. So yeah, there's there's a lot of guys buying for those five spots. That gets so He's big. Yeah, and a Rule Five pick too. So that was a huge get from that. Yeah, so you uh, think it's Gibson? Okay. I would, yeah. well, you never mentioned Grayson Rodriguez. You don't think he's going to start the year in the big club? I think he will. Um, I, I think if you had to put money on a number five guy, I think he would be it. Um, I would say the rotational look, if I had to guess, will be Gibson, Irvin, Bradish, Kramer, and Grayrod. I think that's how it'll shake out. And then, um, like, D.L. Hall was a candidate, but he's been hurt. I, he hasn't thrown in a game yet, so he won't be considered. He'll probably start in AAA. You think they're going to uh, – I was kind of reading on our fantasy app um, about D.L. Hall. You think they're going to stretch him out so he can make the open day roster and just kind of do like long relief to get him stretched out to a starter? Yeah, I, I think he'll start in the bullpen. And he had some experience. He got a save last year at the end of the year. so um, And his stuff lends to that, like power fastball, crazy slider. Um, I, I could definitely see a world in which his role is like a Andrew Miller, Josh Hader type, like a multi-inning power lefty. Um, cause he struggled with command as a starter. So I think that's going to be the, the make or break thing for him. Um, but I, they're, I think they're going to exhaust all options before they, they commit to keeping him in the bullpen for sure. Um, it's, and it, like the Orioles really for as good as our farm system is, there's really not a lot of pitching depth, so he'll get every chance. I think it's interesting though. So, so you don't even think Tyler Wells is going to be start going to be in the opening rotation. I don't think so. I, I think his he profiles better as a reliever. Um, his stuff, I think, plays up a bit. Um, and it's just with like Radish pitched so well at the end of last season, and he's kind of, he was you know had some pedigree behind him. Kramer the same, and you know Grayson Rodriguez. I, I think he was going to make his debut last year before he had a, a lat strain. Um, it was widely speculated that that was going to be his last AAA start. So yeah, I just, it's just more of a, just no, no spot for him as, instead of it being an indictment on him. But yeah, I think he'll, he'll end up in the bullpen. And, and then what's the word with John means once he ex- expected to be back in the mix? I would say sometime around June or July. Uh, I think he got Tommy John last year in late April. So that would be about 15 months out. Uh, so that would be, I think a conservative uh, estimate for him and he's been th- doing some light throwing uh obviously no like heavy mound work or anything like that so i would say sometime mid-season 
um, a little before the All-Star break. Now, now, all those pitchers you mentioned, are those all right-handed pitchers? Do you have any lefties? Uh, so Cole Irvin is a lefty okay. and and Hall. Um, but yeah, as far as, as starters, they, um, they're mostly right-handed. Uh, the only lefty I could think of would be Cade Povich, who we a prospect we traded for last year for Jorge Lopez. Uh, and he's been pitching in some spring training games, but I don't, I don't know if he'll make his debut this year, but yeah, they, they'll probably only have one left-handed starter. And that's Irving. Irving. Yep. Ooh. Anthony, Anthony, I, well, no, I like- so, so it means that I, I think about it because I'm thinking about the opening day lineup for the Red Sox. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's instant. That's mm-hmm. just what I'm looking. I want to know who's starting for Baltimore so I can figure out who's going to be in our lineup. So that means if, if, most likely it's going to, it's not going to be Irvin probably as the opening day starter. I would imagine no. it's probably, you know, going to be, um, I was looking at Gibson myself thinking he's like the veteran here and they yeah. saw, you know, so I'm thinking he might get the start. Um, I, I actually, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm not even following Baltimore, but I'd be shocked if Tyler Wells isn't part of that opening day rotation. I'd be shocked. Just the way he pitched last year, you said he pitched four innings the other day and at eight Ks. I mean, the guy's yes. got, the guy's got great stuff. He's a big he kid. Yeah, he's. I think he's six eight, six seven, six eight. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, yeah, mid nineties fastball. It's a little straight, but it's you know he he makes it work. His he dominated like us. Six. He dominated us last year. He did. He completely yeah. dominated us last year. He did, and he was pitching well. He had, I think it was a shoulder, uh, just like a muscle injury last year that that shut him down in September. Um, so and I, he's, I think he might have been over a hundred innings last year, but if he was, it wasn't that much further so i think limiting his innings would be part of that calculus for the orioles too man i'm loving hearing this kyle gibson so anthony that uh that just leans to to help me out a little bit with verdugo there leading off for the red Sox on opening day yeah no you're still in you got a chance (laughs) still in now still in i'm so, you better hope. You better hope it's not Cole Irvin getting the start. <laughs> oh, let's, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Yeah, no. Uh, so, you know so how I feel about Verdugo. Uh, I believe you are not a huge fan. Uh, uh, I was just wondering well, if you knew. Is that is that correct? <laughs> Am I misrepresenting? I just no. I just I'm not. I'm not a fan. Okay. Me neither. Uh, I'm. I'm not. So a is it like res- is it residual from like? how you got him being that he was in the movie I mean, trade. I, or I mean, I think admittedly so. Um, I think that plays into it. I just think yeah. he just he just kind of falls off, you know, in the middle of the season. I, I just don't know, man. There's just something about him. And his, and his face just gets me. <laughs> his face gets Yeah, that has nothing right. to do with it. The, the, the Mookie trade has nothing to do with the reason was why I don't like Verdugo. It's, it's more – the fact is the guy came Production. in last year – well, yeah, and he wasn't even in good shape. And, and I know a lot of people want to make excuses about his foot injury or his toe injury. Um, but to me, he wasn't in – that. those two things go hand in hand. So if you're not in good good shape, you're going to be more susceptible to injuries. So I don't know what, what came first, the chicken or the egg there with the injury. Um, I remember when he almost took out Bogarts and knocked him out for the year last year, flying in from behind after Bogarts was just making a routine play. Um, the guy – Very guy, too, wasn't it? Yeah, he tries to be David Ortiz instead of being Mike Greenwell. You know what I mean? Like his skill set is he should be going the other way, using the monster to his advantage, and he could be really good. So we'll see this year. But, you know, just the whole – I don't like his walk-up music. I don't like his gold chains. I don't like his so-called swag. I'm just not into any of that. I want I want a good baseball player. 
That's it. And to me, he's completely overrated. He goes to the Red Sox this offseason looking for an extension. Are you kidding me? What has he ever earned? What, what kind of extension has he earned? Are you? I mean, seriously, dude, he's got two more years of arbitration. I mean, this is one, and then he's got one more year after this, and he's looking for an extension. The guy's lucky if he hits 10, 12 home runs. So, so I think he's just completely delusional. I think he should be gone by the end of the year. And, uh, yeah, let somebody else deal with Alex Verdugo and his uh, future contract situation. Man, I, I, I'm, I, I'm complete opposite. Uh, uh, I just love how Verdugo came in this year. And, and you know, and he, he sat there and took accountability. And he got in shape. Uh, he's, you know, ready. I I kind of hope he, he runs the base path because that's that's where I think his biggest uh, downfall is where, you know, he, he hits it off the monster and he thinks automatically. Now, don't get me wrong. He had 39 doubles last year, but he automatically thinks just because it goes off the monster that he can get that double. And sometimes it's smarter to uh, rely, relay on the, the manager there to see if he should keep going. And he gets thrown out an awful lot because he thinks that he can just make it there. Uh, so that's my biggest thing with Verdugo. Other than that, I think he's what we need at the top of the top of the lineup to get going. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw today. You actually like this, Anthony, because I was listening to your uh, old sock space you sent us. He pulled a Vasquez today, forgot the outs in the WBC. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, he's a terrible base runner. Yeah. He, 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 he's always making dumb mistakes. That's a big problem I have. Um, you know, for a guy with that much swagger, you would think you would be a good player. You, sh- you think you should have to earn that, right? You don't just come come in and play like crap and have all this swagger. It doesn't work like that. you got to be a good player first. And his defense and his base running are awful. So so we need a completely different Alex Verdugo this year. If, if And if he thinks he's getting any kind of extension, he better – he better really have a great season. And 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 you know what? That happened to us multiple times, DC. The last couple of years, guys forgetting how many outs there are. I'm getting to the point where I want to start blaming the coaching staff for that because the coaches Absolutely. need to either make sure the players know how many outs there are or at least hold them accountable when they don't know themselves. But that's unacceptable. That's the kind of agree. sloppy baseball we suffered through last year, and I'm just not going to do it this year. I'm sorry. That's the kind of fun exactly. you need to clear up and, like, you know – as a kid, to be honest with you, you know what I mean? Like not to be yeah. over to the basics, those are the basics. There, but, uh, yeah, yeah, the and, basics. And, and you, you got to rely on leadership. You know, there's always someone in the outfield that's always supposed to be on point. Uh, usually like those Bogarts, Bogarts was the one keeping track in the infield of, of how many outs there are. So I'm kind of curious, is, is Kike going to be stepping up in the infield to, you know, make sure everybody's on the same page? So, and then in the outfield, Verdugo right now is the veteran in the outfield because the ball's out there and Yoshida's out there. So I, they've got to figure out how to communicate out there because uh, you can't have somebody, you know, call off and, and then all of a sudden someone else try to steal in. So it, it's going to be interesting. It's a, it's a really big Absolutely. year for Alex Verdugo. It's a big, big year for Verdugo. Probably yeah. the biggest of his career for sure. Yeah. So uh, next up, we're going to sit there and talk about somebody that's been on fire in the WBC. We're going to talk about Yu Chang and the Red Sox middle infield depth. So, Anthony, do you want to sit there and start us off on this one? 
Yeah, no, I mean, I was skeptical. Um, we we had him for a little cup of coffee at the end of last year. I know they pulled him from from Tampa. He's been on a couple different teams, Cleveland, I think. And uh, I didn't really know much about him. He, we didn't see too much of him, but they seemed to kind of like him. And then when they released him this offseason or, or, or DFA'd him when they were trying to make space on the 40, and it was kind of like, okay, he's gone, you know? And then they brought him back, and it was like, Everybody seems to think he's just got a spot short up on the roster, right? On, on the opening day roster as our backup infielder. And I'm like, I don't know, man. You know, it's like, but now seeing what he's doing, <laughs> I mean, obviously the guy's got plenty of talent. So I'm actually feeling a lot better about our middle infield situation when I see guys like Hamilton playing well, when I see Yu Chang, what he's doing in the WBC. Uh, so I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing. He's got some, he's got some pop. He's got some serious power, that kid. Yeah, uh, I'm all for him. And and you and I sit there and talked uh, before uh, how important it is to get uh, at bats. For Yu Chang, I think he can be the guy that comes off the bench and can give you that pop. And he don't need to be consistently in there all at all times. Uh, just so far in the in the WBC, he has a 1.659 OPS. He hit two home runs, seven RBIs. He scored five, and he has six hits. Like. That's really good when you when you're you know going against uh, the best of the best in, in certain teams. So I uh, I love him. Uh, I think that he will make the opening day. Uh, he's proven himself uh, this spring training that he deserves to be there. Uh, a lot of people were were questioning them re-signing Chang over a uh, Odor or Iglesias. I, I heard Iglesias that people wanted him back. Well, we got Chang for what seven hundred million? Uh, yeah, seven hundred million, seven hundred thousand this off season. I'm like, damn. You know, c- c- compared I think, yeah, to, I think it was like six something, six thirty eight, or oh, I could be wrong. I know it was around seven hundred k though. Nobody wants Odor. Trust me. After last year, be thankful. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. he signed somewhere, didn't he? I thought I saw him sign somewhere. He did. I can't remember where. He he he's oh, he's got that. some pop for sure. He's he's definitely got some pop, but um. He's good in but, the clubhouse, uh, but he can't field or hit well. Yeah. Um, oh, Padres. No, Padres I, last week. Yeah I, yeah, I thought I saw him go to the Padres. Um, no, but Yu Chang, you know, because when, when you think about it, when we have Duvall in center and Kike at short, who are the backups to those positions? So the backup to center field would be Kike Hernandez. And the backup, and that means we need a good backup shortstop, and that's going to be either Chang or Arroyo to start the year. And so it's really important. I think he's going to get actually a chance to play a little bit in April before Mondesi gets back. And I, I think that's the key. If we can hold the fort down and just stay healthy and, and these guys can contribute early on and play pretty good baseball until we start getting Mondesi back, and then maybe later in the year we get Story back. And it's a different-looking team at that point. Yeah, DC, well, what are your thoughts on you, Chang? Uh, and, and then – you want to start tackling our middle infield depth a little bit? Yeah, I, uh, I'll i be honest with you. I didn't know too much about him you know, when we first got him last year. Um, I've seen the highlights of him you know, the past few games in the WBC. It's crazy. He had 14 home runs in his career, and he hits two in a row, you know, in two, you know, two straight games. Um, I'm hoping that, honestly, it just translates in the early success that we could have. I think he could ride this hot bat to hold us over until Montessi gets there. Um, Trevor Story's taken uh, – Ground balls. I saw uh, AC was saying that was a little interesting that AC said, you know, if he said he's not expecting to get back this year, why is he taking ground balls? So I don't know if that was just like 
you know, a little bit of uh, playing with us or if that's a little optimism. But um, yeah, I mean, we're pretty set up. Like I said, on the last show, Chris, Christian Arroyo, he's a dog when he's healthy. And I, we have the pieces to hold us over until we get there. We just need no setbacks and we need the people that we have on the field now to stay healthy. Um, but I think we're pretty, we're not, we're not as bad as we thought we were uh, a couple months ago. You know what I mean? Especially when we got those, I think it was mid January when we got the news about Trevor story, but you Chang is showing, um, I just think he can, you know, ride his momentum into the early season and provide success. And like I said, just man the fort until we get uh, all reinforcements in. Yeah. You know, if you look at our depth, uh, we got Arroyo, we got Kike, uh, we've got Chang. Then, then we got other options. We got Valdez, we got Hamilton, you know, the, they're waiting down there. Uh, Marcelo Meyer, you know, I love him. We're going to see him. We're going to see him this year. You know, then, like you said, uh, Mondesi is fielding some ground balls now. So he, he can't be that far off. Uh, Trevor story. I don't know. I don't know if he's just like, he looked at Justin Turner and was like, Oh dude, if he, if he could take that and he's, he's going to, he has a good possibility of making our opening day, uh, you know, roster he's he plans on being there i wonder if trevor story is like man if he's doing that maybe maybe i can't baby this injury along you know maybe i, I should step it up a little bit yeah yeah i mean i, mean, I don't want to go turn around yeah, I mean the thing. The thing is, with well, no with an, with an elbow surgery, there's there's a timetable there, and just just him doing some some basic, you know, getting on the field, taking some ground balls. I'm sure he's obviously not throwing, but even just taking like at bats where you don't even swing, you're just in the in the box and just just getting your your plate vision and your pitch recognition down. Things like that that you can do to just to get back in the baseball mode. I don't think they're going to rush Trevor Story. I don't. I don't see Trevor Story coming back any sooner than say August. Um, you know that was Lou Maloney's original timetable, basically August at the earliest. And um, but is what the point you you made, Josh, about Justin Turner is a good one, and I think that's really going to be a rallying cry. That's what leadership is. I mean, if this guy's back there by the, by opening day, I mean, how do you not get in line? How do you not get behind this guy? Right. Exactly. Uh, so, so Josh, we're gonna sit there and and go over. The Baltimore Orioles have some great infielders. So, highlight one player you think is an X factor for you guys this season. So, for the infield, I think you know, obviously Gunnar Henderson is is the obvious. Um, but I think Mountcastle, Ryan Mountcastle at first base is. Um, so he had a decent year last year. It was like a 730 OPS, 22 home runs. But all of his batted ball statistics were suggested that he was uh, incredibly unlucky. Um, I know like his expected slugging, expected batting average were in the 90th percentile. Uh, his like his exit velocity was in the ni- above the 90th percentile. Um, I think his expected batting average was almost 30 points higher than what it ended up being. Um, so I think he's going to have a huge season offensively. Um, now the the new dimensions in left field will kind of hamper his power, as it will all the right-handed hitters. Um, and that was part of the problem. But I, I think he was getting a little unlucky with his batted balls last year. So I, you know, with even like a like a fifteen to twenty percent improvement in his production, that would be 
that would be huge. And, you know, he did, he hit 33 home runs in 2021. So it's not out of the question. He gets to that mark or even surpasses it again. Yeah. Uh, uh, me personally, I was a little upset that he moved the wall back because my season ticket guy was right there. So, so now I'm like, what, 20, <laughs> uh, I'm 20 feet further back. So I'm like, yeah. I, I'm a little upset when, when I call him to go to Baltimore. Yeah. No, no, it just it's funny that it went from one of the, the, the best hitting parks in baseball to one of the best pitching parks in baseball with one change. And, and I, I think they went a little extreme, in my opinion. I think all those right handed power hitters Baltimore has just suffered with that. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't see it coming back. I don't see Mount Cass. He's a pole hitter. And, and I just don't see that production coming back from where it was before when he was getting all those cheap home runs. Yeah, and so there were several times last year where, like, I know Trey Mancini specifically, you would see him on second base just pissed because he got, he knew he got all of it. And in any other ballpark, probably it would have been a home run. But just the height of the wall and how far back they moved it, it was, yeah, there's really, some of them were a little demoralizing. I could see why that would be an issue. Um, But they, like, I think they had to do something because it was, they were never going to get like attracting pitchers. Like who's going to want to pitch in that. Um, but yeah, I think it might've been a bit of an overcorrection. Uh, and I'll be curious to see if there's any uh, modifications made in the future. Um, but I, I, I just think his like Mount Castle, he hits, he just hits the ball so hard. I think even if that doesn't translate to homers, I just, I think he'll, his production will increase um, maybe more doubles, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a, it's still weird talking about it in the context of a, a pitcher's part because it was a complete bandbox prior. But you flip it around and as a left-handed hitter, you're still fine. Exactly. And, and same thing with Yankee Stadium. And that's one little tie into the Red Sox. We're pretty loaded uh, left-handed. So I think yeah. we're going to do pretty well in Baltimore and New York. Yeah, Even though those teams good. might not have a lot of uh, left-handed hitting. Yeah. And going back to when you're talking about our, our pitching, I think, you know, we would benefit from having more left-handed starting pitching because if you're pitching to righties in that, you know, cavern, like that's just only going to help you. Um, and especially like Gibson's a fly ball pitcher, Irvin's a fly ball pitcher. So, you know, his, his home performance, I think is going to be really good, but on the road might be a, a bit of an issue, but. Yeah. So uh, let's go to another question we have. Uh, let's go to Keith. Keith said there wanted us to ask, who's the most exciting guy to watch in Baltimore this season, you think? Got to be Gunnar Henderson, right? I mean, consensus number one prospect. He's going to start the season with the Orioles, uh, almost certainly at third base. He's a really good defender at third base. Uh, just his his plate approach for his age is just – it just shouldn't be possible. Um, and he – like last year, he completely overhauled himself as a hitter, cut down his strikeouts, uh, way more selective. Um, and, you know, like he was not on the radar, I don't think, to come up at all at the beginning of last year. And he didn't really leave them with much of a choice. Uh, and I, he, his numbers, especially to, uh, against like premium velocity fastballs, was he had like the, he had the best performance against fastballs on, among any Orioles hitter. Uh, as a you know 20 21 year old so you know continuing to see him flourish and become the player that everybody thinks he will is going to be really exciting and uh you know Adley as well Adley Rutschman it should be his first full season 
and uh, and also just the, we have a lot of prospects that are on the precipice of coming up. So following that and seeing who who emerges will be another exciting storyline for us. Now, now who's playing? So if if Henderson's going to be playing third, who's Mm -hmm. the shortstop? Is it the same guy they had last year? Yeah, Mateo. Mateo, um, right? Okay, he's a pretty good. Yep. He's a pretty slick defender. Yeah. Yeah, I, I a lot of people. I mean, I'm obviously biased, but I thought he should have won the Gold Glove last year. Um, he, he's absolutely outstanding defensively. His offense is lackluster. I think he he finished like in the 220s last year. Has some decent pop. Yeah, but bases, yeah that's yeah. He was, I believe, tied for the AL lead, um, or was cl- or second in the AL, but. Yeah, like thirty-two yeah, he, or something. Yeah, and Mullins, I believe, was right behind him. He had thirty-one. Um, so he, he's, I think, his best role is as a, like a utility bench player. I think on like if a playoff team were to have him as a bench, he'd be one of the best bench players in the entire league. Um, but you, you're going to do a lot worse than having him uh, playing a shortstop just because of his glove. Yeah, a lot. Of, I've I've seen a lot of people rank Adley Rushman as the number one catcher in baseball already. I mean, I I, I think it's hard to put him above like JT Realmuto, but they're doing this. Yeah, I'm seeing he, it. I'm seeing it. He was up like he a catcher war. He was in the top five, I believe. I think Realmuto was up there. Um, I can't remember who else was up there with him, but and also just to put it into context, he. In terms of any rookie catcher, he had the third most war in history uh, in a single season. Uh, the only two that were ahead of him were Mike Piazza and Carlton Fisk. Um, so he's he's in rarefied company. Um, That's good company. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. So it's there. Yeah, we. I just hope they extend him. But um, well, yeah. So well, he's he's basically in his rookie year in terms of service time. Because he, yep. last year he came up late, so this is so he, he they still have him for six years under contract or under under team control. So yep. one of the things I was impressed with him last year seeing was right away. Like I think I, I think the first game he played was against the Red Sox, right? I, I believe. Uh, I think it was he, Tampa. Okay, well he he played against the Red Sox really early. I I got to see him, and he was already taking control of that team like right off the bat. Like, like mm-hmm. he was like taking pitchers almost under his wing and sort of really taking control of that team. And I think that's one of the reasons why people look at him and say, this guy's a stud because he's just, he's like a franchise player. I mean, he's like literally that catcher that you build your whole team around. And and he's just, he's so impressive his leadership, not to mention his talent. He's everything that I thought Matt Wieters was going to be. But yeah, like you can just tell the pitching staff loves throwing to him. Um, and it's like become a, a popular thing amongst Orioles Twitter. Just he always gives the pitcher a hug after every, the end of each game. Right. Um, so it just like seeing just it seems like a trivial thing, but just developing that bond with his pitchers um, can go a long way in, in performance. And I believe the team was 12 games above 500 from the time he came up to the end of the season. So, yeah, like you said, it was an instant, you know, metamorphosis once he he got up and um his just his plate, his approach of the plate, like he has a very advanced plate discipline, uh, switch hitter. Uh, he struggled a little bit as a righty, but uh, hopefully that was just kind of a small sample thing. Huge power. Plus he's um, hitting in Yellowstone when he's batting righty. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I he should be a solid, you know, 
somewhere in the 20 to 30 home run per year range, like 800 OPS with, you know, very advanced defense, got a great throwing arm, uh, you know, very good framer. So yeah, he's he does it all. Package. He does it all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Josh, uh, Owen wanted to ask a question since we're talking about Adley. Can Adley Rushman be the guy the Orioles build around like the Red Sox are building around uh, Rafael Devers? Yeah. And that's why I hope uh, the Orioles are proactive in resigning him, kind of like what Arizona just did with Corbin Carroll today. Uh, and it's because his price is only going to go up and it's going to get to a point where they're it's just not going to be feasible for them, kind of like what happened with Machado. Like if they had, you know, tried to extend Machado after 2013 or 14, it could have been an entirely different story. So, you know, as and I mean, like you said, he still has six years of control left. But um, yeah, there's there's no reason him and, and Henderson can't be the the centerpiece of this team for the next five to ten years. So okay, oh, not longer. So, okay, I was gonna okay. say, I was like, I'd, I'd go even longer. I mean, it's, I'd want I'd want to make him. I want to almost sign him to a lifetime contract. I mean, you got about two years right now. The window's yep. two years. You got to sign him before. That, you know, you got to sign them within those first two years of service time. Yeah. So this is start of year one. Next year is the start of year two. So you got to sign them by, say, like next spring, next summer, you know, get an extension going with him and just just lock them up to a 10 to 12 year deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just lock them up. Yeah, I kind of look at Wander Franco's extension. I think it was like 10 for 185. I think that's right. probably a, a decent starting point for him. Um, but it's just ownership is not instilling a lot of confidence in me um it's just going to be dependent on what they what they do and how tight they hold the purse but i mean if you're not going to extend him who who are you going to do it to no those two guys need yeah. to be locked up for at least a decade yeah mm -hmm. so uh speaking of catchers we're, we're going to go on the red Sox side of things and uh let's talk about a little alfaro and the catcher depth so, Anthony, you want to sit there and start us off on this? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, we kind of signed this guy on a whim. Um, seen a couple uh, highlights down there in, in, in South America, you know, putting on a show, hitting some bombs. And I didn't take it too serious, you know, because I, I'm, a, I'm a big Connor Wong fan. And uh, now that Connor Wong has that hamstring and he's going to be out for a while, um, usually it's at least six weeks, right? So he ain't, he ain't even going to be back on the field really probably until May, uh, or I'm sorry, until April. And, um, you know, he's not going to be ready to go to start the year. So to me, Alfaro's locked in on the roster uh, for the opening day roster. And I think it's up to him to earn that job. He can kind of Wally Pip Connor Wong. You know what I mean? If Alfaro comes in and shows that he can handle um, the defensive load, um, he's probably only going to play, you know, a couple times a week because uh, Reese McGuire is going to be the main catcher. But if he can make, a, make an impact with that bat against those left-handed pitchers, and handle the pitching staff, do a good job defensively, he might steal that job and just and basically not give Wong a chance to get it back. And that that's so it's interesting. But th those are our three catchers. And then, you know, this kid Hamilton looks looks, you know, he can play a little bit. So he's kind of an emergency option down there in Worcester. And uh, I think overall our catching position is upgraded from last year quite significantly, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Caleb Hamilton, he has an arm behind the plate, too. You know, uh, I was watching the highlight where you where you threw that guy out going to third. 
uh, he, he's got a really nice bat so far also down there uh, since they was given the opportunity. He hustles four too. Eight, four for eight, one home run, two RBIs. Uh, that ain't bad. And and he plays like he's like, like it depends on it. Like he loves the game. And that's what that's what you know we need to see. Uh, we also have Renato Hernandez down there. Uh, he's not as good as Hamilton behind the plate, but he has a lot of uh, pop on that bat. And he, he could be an option uh, also for if we need, uh, if Alfaro or Maguire go down before uh, Connor Wong gets a chance to go back. But like you said, uh, Alfaro, it's, it's, his, it's his time. You know, he it's all up to him. He plays well. Wong, Wong may, may not even see the majors, you know. Uh, if Alfaro doesn't, it's no big loss because he, 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 we can send him down to the minors, you know, and he can just play play down there until we need him again. So it's kind of a win-win for the Red Sox with that contract he signed. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, DC, yeah, I mean, just, what just your... to touch on that a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously, McGuire's running away with the job. He's killing it this spring, hitting like 353, I believe, a home run and six RBIs. I mean, Alfaro, Alfaro is like, what, seven for 10? Um, obviously, his the backup position is his to lose at this point with Wong out on injury. Um, I don't know. I'm just excited to have some depth at the catcher position. Uh, and I'll be honest with you. I, I did like Vasquez. Um, listen to some of Anthony's stuff. I, I kind of thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? He makes very good points, and he, he, he changed me on him, to be honest with you. Um, I always said to a couple of friends, I was like, he had that great year when the, ju- the balls were juiced. Exactly. I think I gave him a little too much credit than than he really needed to have. Um, and even like the whole like escapade with him getting traded and all that bullshit, I think it was overblown. I think it was just uh, something that the media kind of ran with because Heim Bloom was already he was already under fire a little bit, and um, I just think it was overblown. But yeah, I think we're we're in great shape as far as the catcher. Uh, McGuire is definitely. He did great things for us last year after we got him. I mean, oh, yeah. his off the field stuff kind of is a little weird, but that's how many teams ago, you know, how many years ago, it's whatever. But as long as you produce it on the field, man, that's all I care about. And I think we're pretty set up. We have McGuire, Alfaro, and Wong. You know, Wong is healthy. We have that, you know, that emergency, you know, that backup one, you know, for our backup. We're in great shape, man. And it's the best I've felt about the catch position in a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. Especially when, when, uh, when Heim Bloom, when Heim cites 2020, uh, the mad oh, scientist. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm, I'm running with that. Uh, the, the mad scientist I call Heim Bloom, he knew what, when, when he could sit there and sell Vasquez. And we got two top talented prospects in it. You know, we got uh, Abreu and Valdez. Like, come on now. Uh, yeah, and, and 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 two two positions of need as well. Looking at second base and outfield, right? Two left-handed hitters. So yeah, yeah. absolutely, good value yeah. on that. Yeah. So so he knew when to sell. Uh, and now, I, Anthony, can you remember a time that we were were this deep in catcher? Well, it's it's been <clears throat> because you look at even in 2018, we had Sandy Leone, right? So it was Leone and Vasquez. What was behind that? So. No, we, we really haven't had, and, and the thing is, we have a catching prospect uh, uh, 
Brooks Brandon, who was a high school kid they drafted last year. You know, granted, he's four or five years away, but he's very talented. He was a guy that they didn't even think they got him way later in the draft. He got him in like the 10th round. This kid's like a top 150, top 200 prospect, but they got him signed. Nobody thought he was going to sign. So when I factored that in as well, no, because Reese McGuire's young. Reese McGuire's still got years of arbitration. Wong's still a young player. So we actually have a little youth there as well. So, so and the fact that I always, I always comped uh, Reese McGuire to AJ Brzezinski, um, just in terms of a baseball uh, comp. And uh, I just think he's a heck of a ball player. I, I think he's in getting him for Jake Diekman last year after we went ahead and moved Vasquez, oh. you know, for those two prospects. Oh. And now you flip Jake Diekman for a starting catcher, a left-handed hitting, very good defensive catcher and Reese McGuire. I mean, that's a brilliant move by Bloom. Yeah. Uh, especially what, you know, well, Toronto was looking to give up a catcher. And so, so I, I think, I think we got him at a discounted rate because uh, they have who Kirk. Well, no, they, uh, we got him from Chicago. Oh, Chicago. The White Sox. He White started. Sox. He started. So Reese McGuire started with Toronto. He did very well. He was a first round pick. And then in 2020, when that whole incident happened, they moved him to Chicago. So now we're kind of his third team. So I think that he kind of gets a little bit of a, a reset here, and 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 just with with everything. But yeah, no, that was to the White Sox last year. Oh, okay, okay. He was like a and, backup. He was like a second, third catcher for them last year. Yeah. But, man, overall, like, I can't remember. Like, like you can always go back through the years, and you know who the starting catcher was, and you knew who the backup was. But you didn't know who, who these people were in the minors because we didn't have that depth. Now we do. And I'm really ex- excited to actually see some of these guys come up four or five years from now and be ready. You know, the funny thing is, too, there's a lot of people out there, including Tony Maserati, who I talked to the other night, who are actually very, very down on our catcher position. So it's 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 kind of that bizarro world thing where you're trying to figure out what the other person's thinking. And you're just like, why are you not seeing what I'm seeing here? And I'm very, very confident in our catcher position and uh, very excited about it. So so, hey, if you don't see it yet, you'll see it soon. Trust me. Yeah. I so uh, wholeheartedly. Josh, we're going to head it over to you again because you can't have you can't have a great catcher unless you have people to, to throw to him. Yes. So so James wants to know: Is the bullpen going to be a problem this year for Baltimore, like years past? I don't think so. It was actually pretty good last year. It was phenomenal last year. It was like the best yeah. bullpen in baseball. So, and even like they traded Jorge Lopez at the deadline and it was still like, they really didn't miss a beat. Um, and he struggled because too of, when he got traded. He, yeah. His, I think he had like a four, three ERA with them. Uh, who's that kid. But, they got Dylan. What's his, who's the kid they got there. He throws gas. Is it Dylan uh, something? Or? They have Dylan Tate. Dylan Tate. That kid's yeah. nasty. Yeah, his his sinker actually was like uh, baseball savant has a stat called run value and it's it's calculated by like how basically every time you throw a pitch, what it does to a team is run expectancy. And his sinker was one of the most valuable pitches of any in baseball. Uh, Also, Felix Batista's uh, splitter and his fastball, which is triple digits pretty much at all times. Um, And then they they brought Michael Givens back this year, who. We'll give them some additional depth. Uh, Ciano Perez, who's their uh, lefty setup guy. Uh, Tate, um, I think Hall will be back there. Uh, Brian Baker, who uh, he, like he, he found some velocity last year 
um, our player development has just done a really good job at identifying these guys and kind of helping them be the best version of them that they can be. Um, now there are a couple of guys like Joey Crable was decent for us last year. I, it seems a little smoke and mirrorsy. Um, so I, you know, they may have to dip into the minor leagues for some depth, but I, as far as the, uh, you know, the, the meat of the bullpen, I don't, I don't have any concerns at all. Oh, well, Let's compare the Orioles bullpen right now to the Red Sox revamp bullpen right now. Uh, do you think that, you know, the Red Sox are better than the Baltimore bullpen? Because remember, we got Ryan Brazier in that bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'd say Batista is probably the, the best reliever of both units. So that gives them the advantage. Um, but to be, I will, to be honest, I'm not incredibly familiar with the Sox bullpen, but I, I would take Batista. Oh, you're and, good, man. You three on the spot on that one. No, yeah. it's no, it's all good. I, I would, you know, be comfortable putting Batista Perez and Tate up there with, with most bullpens. Um, yeah. The real question I think is too, are, are you going to be as good as last year? Uh, so, so how, how, how close to last year? can this year's version of the bullpen be for Baltimore um, overall? You know what I mean? Because because that was one of their keys, man. They were great in late inning games and close games. Yeah, they were. Against I, us I think especially. It, yeah. yeah. I think it can be close. Like that. Like I said, there are a couple guys who you could look at as potential regression candidates like Baker, Crable, um, maybe Perez. But I think with the addition of, of Givens, that, that helps a lot. Is um, Batista the closer? He is. Is he yeah. supposed to be the closer? Okay, so he's supposed yeah. to. So after they traded Lopez, he took over as closer, basically, and he's expected to be the closer this year. Yeah, and I would imagine he's a, a big part of the reason why they they even made that deal in the first place. Right. Um. But yeah, he's he's just absurd. Like yeah. it, just watching him pitch is so much fun. And, um, and then they've got Tate um, as kind of a setup guy, and then and then the other yep. guy you mentioned, and then there's that lefty you said could be a little bit of a multi inning option uh, for them. So so that they yeah. sound like they got some good arms down there. Yeah, they do. Um, and there's some decent guys in the that have kind of rotated from AAA back to the minors, like Mike Bauman. Uh, has had up and down results, but he's you know a high velocity guy with a good changeup who could turn into like a late relieving. Like that's um, my main concern. I would be like the the long relievers um, and like Austin Voth would be a, a, probably a candidate to be a long reliever as well. He bounced back in between the bullpen and the rotation for us last year um, and was re- actually really good as a starter. He started throwing a slider in August that completely changed his season, but I think he'll, he'll be in the bullpen. Um, so and, I think and the rotation they, and the rotation seems to be a big question mark. It, it does. And uh, that's again, Kramer is a potential regression candidate. Um, but I, I, I'm very high on Bradish. Uh, I think his stuff is is very good. I think he can be a, a, like a number three. Um, he has, you know, mid to high 90s fastball, a really good changeup. His slider was a standout last year. Uh, he had a – he went eight and two-thirds against two Houston. Yeah. He, he made – even like Jordan Alvarez got him the strikeout, who he, he does not strike out a lot. Um Urban, I think so. He pitched in Oakland last year. He did, which is you know a similar ballpark in terms of you know uh, pitcher friendly as Camden Yards now is. I think 
but his road splits were rough. So I think there's going to be some hiccups on the road. Um, Gibson, I think, is another guy. Camden Yards lends itself to him. Um, I, I think he'll be an upgrade over what over Jordan Lyles last year. Um, I, I don't know. He's not going to be an ace, obviously. But um, Grayson Rodriguez, I think, could if he becomes as good as advertised and can stay healthy, um, that would kind of change the dynamic of the rotation because like there's really not a, a top of the a, a bona fide top of the rotation guy uh, right now. And he's their real main and only hope at this point. Right. So our, our last topic of the day will be the Red Sox overall injury updates. So Anthony, uh, you, you want to want to crack out some of the, of the first couple? Yeah, no, I just, I, I was kind of looking around. I was kind of asking around um, recently, just what's going on with Mondesi. Haven't seen or heard much from him. So Chris Cotillo had a pretty nice piece. Uh, excuse me, Chris Cotillo um, uh, had a pretty nice piece on that. Um, just talking about how he's kind of working out behind the scenes. And this guy's like a real gym rat. He's, he's, I mean, he's absolutely ripped. He's a real athlete. And, um, you know, he has incredible speed incredible athleticism he's got a lot of raw power i think when you look at a, a pickup like this it's one of the sneakiest pickups of the offseason for the red sox i think they're going to be counting on this guy heavily um we know what their depth situation looks like right now we talked about it earlier they're going to be looking to get him back by may and he's going to be have a big impact he's he, when you look at the the rule changes um whether it, whether you're looking at range up the middle for defense or whether you're looking at speed on the base paths um, I think this kid's going to have a big impact. I'm excited to hear about that. Obviously, we got great news about Justin Turner, and we, we're starting to get some great news about the pitchers. So I think the health of this team is starting to look a lot better, and it's very encouraging. Yeah, uh, if you look at the AL, I don't think a lot of people want us to be healthy because if we got everybody healthy, we're going to be dangerous. You know, J Justin Turner, if he's there, uh, opening day against Baltimore, man, that that's a big help for us because we were talking last episode, like we don't have any clue who we're going to put in the three spot behind Devers if Justin Turner isn't there. Uh, you know, we talked about the pitching staff a little bit earlier. Uh, we've got some depth there that can hold us over, uh, you know, till Whitlock, until, you know, Bayo comes back. Pax, Paxton's going to be up in the air. Uh, but when he was out there this spring, you know, pitching, he had control uh, and he and he looked pretty well, you know. So maybe maybe he could be a little extra help if he comes back in, you know, beginning to mid-May for us. Uh, and it's just Connor Wong, if, if he's able to sit there and, and come back, uh, he could be a very valuable piece if Alfaro isn't panning out. So we have we have backup plans to backup plans. Uh, that are looking really nice where we could be very, very dangerous this year. What, what about a DC? Yeah, I mean, just to touch on the, the rotation as far as the injuries. Um, yeah, Whitlock, like I said, I think he'll miss one or two starts. Yabello just pitched live but a bullpen. He has a game coming up hopefully next week. Um, I think Paxton even, he threw last this past Wednesday. So I guess his next step would be to you know pitch off a mound uh, next week. But uh, I think the biggest thing for me is just a Turner um, update and just seeing how fast he's progressing through that scary injury. Um, and not to beat a dead horse, but like you guys both said, is that's a rally cry, man. Like that's 
that's a dude that just got hit in the face. And if he's coming back in and putting that, that work and he's just showing that, you know, he's willing to, you know, do that and get back for the team. I think that's going to, that's going to just, just multiply, you know, success throughout his teammates. Um, we're in a good, we're in a good spot. I don't think the injuries look as gloom as they did um, a couple of weeks ago. Obviously I'd like to have Trevor story, you know, injured with, you know I mean? Not healthy with us, but um, things are, are, are looking good. I'm really excited for Mondesi. I think, uh, one thing that our team lacks is stolen bases. And I think he could make a lot of things happen uh, on the base pass and that could score us runs. But overall, I mean, I'm, I'm just really excited that the injuries aren't as bad as we, as I thought they were initially. And um, they're all coming together. I, we just got to get through the first couple of weeks, stay healthy. I think we can make a run, man. I really do. I, I don't mean to be too optimistic. I have around about 92 wins this year, but you sneak in as a wild card. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, if you if you look, if everything's going right for us, I'm kind of I I wouldn't want to be Heim Bloom and AC if at All Star break, you know, to August, when if Story comes back in August, you know, Mondesi is, is coming back, uh, Paxton will be back. I wouldn't want to be the person that has to sit if if all these guys in place are playing up to their potential. Okay, who's going down? You know, say, uh, you know, Valdez gets called up and he's up there. Uh, you know, Chang, if he's sitting there playing up to his potential, uh, Alfaro, you know, he's playing. Who's who's gets to stay up the, up in the majors when you got all these guys coming back? That's going to be a big question that I wouldn't want to make the call. I'll tell you what, though, that's a good problem to have, though. That's a good yeah, problem it, to have. It is. And sometimes that stuff works itself out because you're always going to have other injuries pop up. So the thing is, too, you got to realize Kike Hernandez, if we do get healthy with Mondesi and Story, Kike can slide back into a more of a center field type role. So that can be key for us because we still I think it's a big question with Adam Duvall right now. So I think that stuff, honestly, is going to work itself out. And it's a good like DC said, it's a good problem to have. You give me a healthy team by August. I mean, and I got too many guys, and I got to figure out where to put guys. I mean, that's a heck of a problem to have. Yeah, uh, Duvall is a day. big question. Is a big question for me out there in that triangle because besides besides JBJ in recent years, like there ain't too many people that can handle that triangle out there. Uh, and I I don't know if Duvall is going to be able to uh, you know handle that out there because that's a lot of ground to cover where he's not used to it and he's just coming off uh, being injured last year. Yeah. Not to mention what if he's hitting, you know, 200, you know what I mean? What if he's, what if he's struggling at the plate, especially against right-handed pitching? So um, he's one of the biggest concerns actually I have on the whole team right now, Adam Duvall, it's because, because, because of what role he's in really, it's not so much Adam Duvall as much as at the role, what we're asking out of Adam Duvall, we're asking this guy to be our everyday center fielder. We're asking this guy to be a middle of the order bat. I don't know if he can handle that. Yeah. So uh, Josh, DC was talking a little bit about uh, about what his prediction for the Red Sox was this season. So Josh, what is your prediction for the record of the Baltimore Orioles this coming season? I so I would say somewhere in like the 86 to 88 win range seems about right. Um, the team is better. Not they didn't do nearly as much in the offseason as I I would have hoped, but like like the bench is so much better. Um, like having James McCann as a backup catcher over Chirinos is such a huge 
upgrade. Um, then you have like actually you guys would be familiar. Franchi Cordero might break the team as a a first baseman. He's been raking in in spring training. Um, of course, but yeah, but he's like, a spring he's, train, he's a spring training Hall of Famer. He'd even just you know if he he's one of the worst like, baseball players I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I don't know. He's got to be better than Tyler Nevin. Tyler Nevin was no. bad. No, um, but even so, just the bench should be better. And then having like Ramon Arias on the he won a third a Gold Glove at third base last year. He's going to be a bench guy now because they signed Adam Frazier, which was weird. Um, yeah, can, can but, you actually quickly run through the lineup? Just so we got Adley Rushman, um, Mount yeah. Castle. Yeah. Um, so could you just go through the whole order? Uh, the go, go through the whole diamond of who's playing where? Sure. So Rushman will be at catcher. Mount Castle will be at first. Uh, Adam Frazier will probably be the the second baseman who he can also play corner outfield uh, Mateo at short Henderson at third uh, Mullins in center Santander in right, but I think he'll DH a lot. Uh, and then left will be, I think some mix of Kyle Stowers, Ryan McKenna. Um, also Colton Cowser, who's one of our top prospects. They still have Hayes. Uh, yeah. Austin Hayes. Um, Huston Kierstad's another offensive or outfield prospect that could come up soon. So, I think that'll that'll shake. We have enough depth that I'm confident they'll find somebody to to do the job out there. Um, and then, like Ryan McKenna, will probably be a bench uh, outfielder. Um, and I, that's that's pretty much the the bulk of the guys who I think will get regular playing time. Right. Um, so it's yeah, just it's a better situation than we were in last year. But you could also argue that we overperformed last year. So um, I don't think they're going to be in play for the division, but a wild card spot is definitely within reach. Yeah, I mean you're pretty optimistic. I mean, 86 to 88, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, they were 83 last pretty, year. It's pretty optimistic. I mean, you know, it's a tough division, obviously, but we play less games in yeah. the division. I think it's exactly. I think it's fair. I think it's fair, but um, I think it's going to be a great test for Chris Sale opening day, to be honest with you, because they got some. You know, the, 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 these guys like uh, Mountcastle and Hayes and some of these guys, they don't have to worry about Baltimore. Air, Baltimore. Well, yeah. right, but the, but these 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 right-handed hitters aren't going to have to worry about that Grand oh, Canyon yeah, yeah, yeah. they're dealing with out in the left. They're going to be at Fenway Park. So Chris Sale better have his, his A game because some of these guys can hit in Baltimore. Yeah, for sure. That's a very good point. It's going to be and a really Santa good there, He actually did well as a switch hitter last year, but, you know, it's hard to – like you said, just with how deep left field is, it's hard to project how. I don't know why. I'm a big fan of him. I don't know why. I've just been always been a fan of him. Yeah, I'm. A, he's another Rule Five pick. The Orioles have made the Rule Five pick kind of their thing over the last decade, um, which I mean, has my, annoyed my me. My fantasy baseball side is coming out of me. Obviously, as a Red Sox fan, I'm not a fan of him. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah no, they, monster they, they, year last year, right? He was like an All Star. Yeah, yeah. Or... Thirty-three home runs. We led the team in home runs. Um, it's going to be hard to like, RBI. it's going to be hard to expect him to duplicate that. It really is. Not for sure. Yeah. Uh, he's a guy that you'd see take a step back. Agreed. I, I think, but with, you know, other like Henderson, a full season of Henderson. Right. right. And so some guys know, go forward, some guys go back and it's probably yeah. about the same, probably mid eighties, probably. And if the baseball spirits are any sort of kind, we'll get something out of Adam Frazier. I'm still, I just don't understand why they did that because um, they also have a lot of like middle infield prospects that are really close to coming up. So you're, I don't know, but,
but he is a left-handed bat, so it is nice to have a, a left-handed option who can play yeah. middle infield. And you I like I mean? it. Like he can play corner outfield as well, and he's a good like he's and you know a capable defender at both positions. So that versatility is nice. It's just, uh, yeah, I just hope he doesn't take opportunities away from like because we have like Jordan Westberg, Connor Norby, who can play second, um, that are all in the upper levels of the minor league system. So. Uh, but it, like, it's only a one-year deal, so even if it doesn't work out, he can just right. get paid. Yep, or he can even trade him mid-season. Exactly. So, well, Josh, I want to thank you for stopping by today. Uh, it was great having you. A lot of great insight for the Baltimore Orioles this season. I can't wait to get you uh, back on again when we are in season. So you know, I want to tell everybody where they can, uh, can contact you, where they can uh, reach out at you. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm on Twitter at JJ, L-I-N-N-J-J. Uh, you can follow me on there. I'm just generally posting random baseball, motorsports, music nonsense. Um, but that's where my you can find my Orioles takes as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I appreciate y'all having me on. I had a lot of fun. Can't wait to do it again. Yeah, man, just a touch on that. This, Josh has been one of my I've known him since I was five years old. Um, he's one of my best friends. Um, I appreciate you guys allowing me to have him on. Obviously, as I said, he has a, a pretty wide knowledge of baseball as far as sports as well. Um, he's one of the smartest guys I know. So I, uh, I look forward to having you on, not even just when the Red Sox are playing the Orioles. I want to I have you on a, a good amount on the show um, and just pass on your knowledge, man. I, so I appreciate you a lot, man. No, oh, yeah, whatever you all need. Yeah, no, it was it was great to talk. Uh, I feel I'm, you, you really know your Orioles for sure, and, and I'm actually kind of pumped up even more now for opening day. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be fun. This I'm this is as optimistic as I've been for since probably 2014. So it's been a long time coming, and we I I would say we deserve it. So <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I know baseball uh, too. Yeah, Anthony and uh, Josh and I, we have a or the writ. We have a we're gonna do a live show the first day, but I think we should do a live show maybe the second, like during the weekend, and uh, have you on during it and watch the whole game if you guys are down yeah. for that. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring in the closer closing thoughts. So we're gonna go around the horn. DC closing thoughts for uh, this episode. I mean, I'm just going to just reiterate on how good Chris Sale looked today. Um, one hit short of being perfect. He had the command. He had the velocity. Um, like I said earlier in the show, I think he looks as best as he did since he got the Tommy John. Um, and as you guys all know, and I've, I've been high on him since the beginning, that, since we started this podcast, not you know a month ago. I think he's going to come out. I think he's going to ball out. Um, I'm just excited to see what he does. I, I'm excited to see Chris Sale having fun. Um owning up to the fact that he hasn't pitched much with his, you know, with the extension. And I, I, to me, that's huge. You know, you, pl you play in a big market such as, you know, Boston, I think coming out and owning that and saying, Hey, like they pay me to play, a, you know, to do a job and I, and I haven't done it. And to me, that's huge. I'm, I'm big, even in my own, my everyday life, I'm big on accountability. And I think the accountability is huge. And I, it just shows how much that he does care. And honestly, I hope Chris Sale finishes his career, and I, I hope that we win another World Series with him. And I, uh, I'm just, I'm just stoked for this 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 season, man. I'm just, that's all. I mean, I'm just filled with excitement, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, I sit there and I love how Chris Sale. It's, I'm gonna sit there and say that this season, to me, like every season has like AC likes to have 
uh, damage done. I would love for this season to be accountability. Chris Sale's taking accountability. Kike's taking accountability. Justin Turner's taking accountability. Verdugo's taking accountability. Like, this team is taking accountability and wants to do right and do the right for city of Boston. So, Anthony, closing thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean, I would just echo what DC said. I mean, I dropped my first article on uh, on Substack yesterday. I've been working on it. Um, basically, the five most important players for the Red Sox coming into the season. And, of course, number one was Chris Sale. Of course, he, he is the most important player on our team. Um, everything basically really hinges on him staying healthy. If this guy can stay healthy all year and be our ace, I'm telling you right now, we have – that's almost a – I don't want to say a guaranteed playoff, but I'm telling you right now, if, if he's healthy all year, I mean, I would be shocked if we don't make the playoffs. So, I mean, it's all about Chris Sale. I thought he looked phenomenal, like DC said, since, since 2018. It was the best he's looked in five years, maybe longer. So, uh, and I know it's spring training, but I think for Chris Sale, I think it's something that, that we, we need to be ha- happy about his health and, and where it's going, and, and, and we need him more than ever. So, check out my Substack on that, and, uh, and definitely, uh, you know. Yeah, please check out that Substack, man. He's got great, great info on that. Check yeah. it out. Hey, head on over to our, our Twitter page at the pesky podcast. Click on our link tree. We just added Anthony on the Cape Substack uh, Substack account. So it's easy access. You know, if you follow the podcast, click on our link tree and just check it out. Like this guy knows his baseball. He is so far this week, DC. You don't even get a vote, but I know I, I have the vote. Anthony, you are the MVP so far of the Pesky Podcast. Since no, man, I, you've had some uh, great insight, some great knowledge. Man, like I said on the last show, we're excited to have you aboard, man. We really are. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. We're lucky, guys, we're you lucky know. to have you too, man. Hey, it's, it's, it's great to find you know, people that love baseball. Even you know, we both we all love the Red Sox, but it's great to find people that love baseball. And I think this is going to be a great podcast. This is going to be a great podcast. It really is. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it, but I think it's going to be. I think it's going to grow a lot, and I think people are going to really like it. I think we're going to do some fun stuff on here too. So, oh, but speaking of growing, since you became part of our podcast, our our numbers have grown exponential. We are now, we've got viewers and listeners in Singapore, <laughs> Germany, Canada, and Belgium now. So shout out to those countries. Shout out to the listeners from there. Love uh, Germany. Love love all those countries. Those are great countries. Put us on our back, Belgium. Yeah. Like no, I know a lot maybe. of people from Canada, Germany. Those are great. Shout out to all you guys out there. Um, you know, oh, all Red Sox Nation. It's global. You know what I mean? There's a lot of military uh, people around the globe as well that, that can be tuned in. So thank you for your service to, to, to everybody who protects this country and protects our rights. So shout Absolutely. out to all those people and all their families. And last but not least, if you guys need any editing done, audio, video, if you if you need a, a logo made, head on over to Twitter at Chase Fulmer at C-H-A-S-E-F-U-L-M-E-R. Tell him the pesky podcast sent you. He will help you out. He will hook you up, and you will have the best shit going today. 
So that's at Chase Fulmer. So guys, episode six is in the books. I can't wait to sit there and put this one out there. But as for now, I am the Rit. He is DC. Anthony on the Cape. And our man from B-Town, Josh Lynn. See you guys next time on The Pesky Podcast. Thanks, everybody.